I can't speak. Hang on, let me get some coffee. <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Today's episode is about how to get started. So many times we have ideas and we're not sure how to get them going. Uh, maybe we have a practice and we want to get that going and we don't know how. And there's a secret. And we'll reveal it in hour seven of our show today. <laughs> it's going to be sick. Um, Wait for it. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Oh. Hour seven? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, Ginger, is there a time recently where you were having trouble getting started with something? Every day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Every day this week. And, uh, yes. So, what uh, do, can, you, can you describe the ruckus? I basically wanted to go to the studio and had a plan to go. And I, for some reason, uh, started this ridiculous dance of checking Instagram and then checking my email and then grabbing a snack because I don't want to be hungry when I'm down there. <laughs> and right. then I had to quickly check Instagram one more time and then my email one more time in case I got an order. In case something better came along than having to do in your case art. someone signed up for my class. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Right on. And how about you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was Thursday morning. I came down here. I did my normal morning routine. I was kind of ready to go. But there was another project I was working on that I was also kind of excited about. And I decided to do that instead, which was fun and probably okay. But at the end of my morning time that I usually use for creative practice, I was feeling a little like uh, beating myself up a little bit about it and, and wishing that I hadn't done that. And yeah, anyway. Yes. So with our continuing creative practice, we, we wrestle with uh, what Stephen Pressfield calls in his book, The War of Art, I think we mentioned it before, um, is resistance. And it's this idea that, you know, we find ways to sabotage our creative time, even when we have it. Um, and so there's that piece of it. But there's also, if you're even trying to get started with a practice, you're like, oh, I really want to do this. You know, people always say, I really want to do this, but then they don't do anything to demonstrate that they really want to do this. And it's not, it's not like a personal defect or anything. It's a pretty natural. Yeah, human. Yeah. And so what we are going to do today is offer some tips on how to get started, whether it be just on a day-to-day -day basis with a practice that you have that already exists or to get your practice started. And it's all based on this foundation of take one action. Some of the things that I do when I'm stuck with writing, I'll say like I'm going to write for 10 minutes or I'm going to get my journal out and I'll, and I'll just write. And, and what I find is that once you get the ball rolling, it tends to be easier to keep rolling. It's just that getting out the door type thing. Yes. A sink full of dishes starts with one dish. What is the sound of one done. hand clapping? Oh, yeah. No, right. It's true. And uh, it, a, a little anecdote from this morning that has nothing to do with creativity in the direct sense, but we got up and we had this plan to get out and go exercise before it got super hot. And then we got up and made a coffee and we were both like, eh, maybe we'll just sit here and, you know, drink coffee instead. That sounds good. And finally we said, no, 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 let's get it. And we got our stuff together. And really it's always 
once we were heading down the stairs to the car, it was like, oh, well, the hard part's over. Now we're on our way and it's going to happen and it's totally fine. And I feel like creativity is that way sometimes too. Yes. Yeah. You need to get the momentum going. My favorite saying from back in the day that I read in a counseling book many years ago and has stuck with me ever since, and I don't know who said it, is action comes before motivation. And that's another one I probably mocked a little bit back in the day. But boy, I, you know, I think of it every time I'm, I'm sitting at the edge of the bed at six in the morning going, just get up and go, just get up and go. Because once you get up, you're, you're already there. And, and then I can come down and work on a different project instead of doing my writing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what are some other, uh, some other great forms of resistance that, that people use to? Uh... Oh, gosh, there's housework. There's always housework What's to the, be uh, done. The one I, I mentioned this morning, somebody said, I can't remember who, they're like, it's amazing how much cleaning gets done around my house when there's a deadline. Yes. It's like, oh, so true. It's the truth. There are so many things that are traditionally called productive that we think suddenly we need to do when faced with the opportunity to do something fun and fulfilling for ourselves. There's a weird thing that hits that you think you should be doing something. Yeah, yeah. Contributes more to somehow to everyone. And yeah, I think that uh, when we don't, when we're avoiding our creative practice, we almost feel like we should punish ourselves with work we'd rather not be doing than doing the thing that we supposedly love to do, <laughs> right. which is so bizarre and weird. Suffering. Um, and and we'll, we'll use the word puritanical because it's our favorite word and yes. it uh, comes across. But no, it is. We, we'd like to, uh, I don't know, just beat ourselves up about stuff. Not just Ginger and myself, but I think people who engage in creative practice do a lot. And those who don't, man, hat off to you. Yes. A little jealous. So, Call us and tell us how. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so like one of my favorite things to do is get something to eat uh, maybe or do some research. Ooh, I'm writing about this thing and I don't really know that much about it. So I better go research it for 16 hours and, uh, and then realize when I'm done researching it that I still don't really know as much as I need to in the context of plot and characters and, and themes and all that stuff. And so I really should just keep writing probably and then figure it out later. Some people like to watch TV. Yes. Big one. How about social media? Oh. I mentioned Instagram twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me mention it again. That's right. Yes. Instagram is definitely one of my... And the excuse I use is that it's part of my business, an important part of my business. And it's also motivational to look at other people's beautiful pieces. Yeah, it's funny. We we don't watch TV, but doing Instagram versus, say, watching TV right. or, a, you know, a Jerry Seinfeld DVD uh, <laughs> feels more virtuous, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is okay because it's, some, it's still productive. Well, cool. So the, the tips, we already mentioned one. Uh, that was the... The 10 minutes, like, hey, I'm just, just get started. You know, if you're a painter, open up your tin of watercolors, if that's your jam, or, or crack a tube of acrylics or oils. So, um, once you have things out, it's like, oh, I'm here. I might as well do something with it, right? And same with writing. Basically, it's all about taking one action to get the ball rolling. Because once the ball's rolling, it's easier to keep rolling. Unless you're Sisyphus and you're rolling it up a hill, <laughs> which some days it feels like your creative yes. practice is like that. Yeah, what else do you think is a good one that, that you like to use? Open a sketchbook. I love looking. I have tons and tons and tons of sketchbooks full of little paintings, and I like to just sort of flip through them. What does that it do for you? It gets me started. I think that's a way to get started. That's a way to maybe tell myself what I've already accomplished. 
it oh, gets really? me excited. Sometimes I see a color combination that I've forgotten about. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to use those three colors today. Nice. And I was thinking too, like for if I'm backing up a little bit here, we, we we're talking about sort of people who already have a creative practice going, right? And, and of course, that's sort of where we are. So we're always focusing on that and like, oh, here's what I do, here's what I do. But if you're trying to get a practice started, mm-hmm. what, like a, a good first step would be uh, that you could do, put it on your calendar and be like, oh, I have an appointment with myself to do the thing that I think I love doing or I probably do love doing. And if you're worried that like an hour seems like too much, then do a smaller amount of time, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or do that, you know, hey, I'm just going to get started and do it for 10 minutes. And then next thing you know, time has gone by and you feel really giddy. What else can we do to get started? If you're just starting out a practice, if you're just trying to get a practice going, what would be helpful? I think having a place. So totally picking a chair that you're going to sit in at your dining room table when your kids are asleep or people are out of the house, or people at least aren't talking to you. For sure. You know, I, I, when uh, I first started, and literally first started my practice, I was working on getting some space at home, but uh, I only went to Starbucks once, and that was, I think, the first day, because what I w- was going to do is I, w- I started going to the library, and the library happened to be closed the first day I decided to start my writing practice. I was like, come on. <laughs> So I drove like 20 minutes away and, and it was, it was fine. But, um, but the library is a great resource. It's quiet. <laughs> if you're a painter, maybe it's not the best place. Right. <laughs> if you're a sculptor, if you do chainsaw art, maybe not so great. But as a writer, it was fantastic. So like maybe finding places like that that are in tune with the, the medium that you do and be able to kind of get in there, you know, and, some, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I also thought of a play date with yourself. At the library, I was thinking that something that people don't do is go and take advantage of the art books that are, I mean, if you're interested in something. Well, it's just a library. They should have a little bit of everything, hopefully, right? Yes. So go read a gardening book. Go look through, you know, to, it doesn't have to be you doing something. Yeah, no. can be inspirational. And, And again, that's one of those things that you tell yourself, well, that's not productive use of my time, but it absolutely is if it makes you feel good. I was reading Jeff Andermeer's book, Book Life, way back when, and he talks about not being precious about your your fetishes, your art fetishes. Oh, I need this music going and this incense burning, and I need this certain brush or pan or whatever, and just forcing yourself to do things differently than you, that, that seem uncomfortable at first. And doing something differently is an interesting tip. Try something out of your normal routine. And uh, we were talking about that this morning. I'm listening to How Successful People Think by John C. Maxwell, and, and he was talking about the value of doing things outside of your normal routine for brain stimulation, for helping you think differently, think bigger, think you know, with different perspectives and stuff like that. And I think anytime you can approach your art from a different angle, it usually opens stuff up too, which is fantastic. So I was thinking, I I find it really funny that sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll come up with these ideas and I'll be really excited about it. And like, I wish I could be in the studio right now because I feel like doing this, this, and this. And then my time comes that I'm to go to the studio and all those thoughts somehow go out of my head and I experience sort of a fear-based reaction, I'm assuming it is. And when I have the time available to me, I'm not ready to take action. But when I am unable to take action, I think of all the action I want to take. I'm not no. sure what that is. It's called, it's, some, it's got to have some name. 
the law. There's probably a German word for it. <laughs> exactly. Hachschunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that, that that was funny. No, it's funny you say that because earlier I was thinking of another tip that's useful for me as a writer is to either, as I'm finishing up my session, either leaving it right in the middle of a scene or I'll put notes in brackets and be like, okay, this is what happens next. So when I get to it, I'm like, oh, okay, right. This is what happens. I still need to figure some stuff out. Um, and so really the tip is planning, right? But it just occurs to me, it's like, wow, yeah, if you just had an art planning journal, which you kind of do, but you, I feel like it mixes in with other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you had that, you could be like, okay, well, oh, right, here's, here's my book of ideas. And they say to do that for writers. Always carry a notebook around with you, which I, I just, man, I've tried, and it doesn't, it's just, I, I need to change my narrative, I guess, or yeah. get a smaller notebook. Well, we all have to find things that work for us. That's why we're throwing so many tips at you. Yeah, there's a- uh, They're not all going to work for you. Turns out a three-ring binder just doesn't fit in my pocket very well. I just, you'd mentioned the Pomodoro method. Um, I've heard it also referred to as chunking, but basically not trying to eat the, uh, the old 96er all at once. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers the great outdoors. John Candy had to eat a 96-ounce steak and everyone would get their dinner for free. And he was doing really well right up until he got to the gristle. But, you know, you can't go, oh my gosh, you know, I've got this novel that I'm going to write and, and I'm on page three or, you know, I only have 10,000 words, you just have to go, okay, well, what's the scene before me today? And I'm going to work on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy that in the time that I'm, I'm involved in that as opposed to trying to look forward because that's the other part of the practice is being in the moment. I think that's one trap that people fall into too is a resistance is thinking that they need a huge chunk of time to do something. And 100%. really, if you have a large chunk of time, you usually waste most of it and That's then right. really get busy the last bit. So you might as well just have a shorter amount of time and use it well. It's true. That's so true. And the cool thing about it is when, the other day when I was telling you that story about, you know, I worked on this other project I have instead of writing and I felt unfulfilled that morning, even though I did this other thing that I wanted to do, but I neglected my practice. And you had told me last night, I think it was about honoring your practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really good to try and come back to time and again. And again, we're kind of slipping into the existing practice stuff. Um, but when you honor your practice, you honor yourself. That's right. When you honor yourself, you honor the world. <laughs> I don't right. know if that's true, but it sounds really good. It does. Another thing if you find yourself doing something like scrolling through Facebook or looking at uh, car and driver or looking at real estate or, you know, doing anything that you're like just scrolling and like, uh, if you think about it, ask yourself, well, what is this doing for me? How is this helping? Or you can ask yourself, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like this, at the end of my life, I'm going to be Wish really glad that I, that I yes. had scrolled through a million homes that I'll never buy. And so there's a self-awareness piece of all this too. It's also a practice, just trying to get out of your head and look at your situation and, and go, okay, is this how I really want to have spent my time today? Another one that I use as a writer, I have a couple of apps on my laptop. Uh, Freedom is one of them. I think I paid for it, and uh, they don't support my version anymore, <laughs> and I've been too cheap to upgrade it. But basically, you just block out, like, I'm going to disconnect my laptop from the internet for an hour. I don't use it all the time, but there are times where I know that I'm avoiding because there's a particularly hard problem that I'm trying to work through in the story, and I'll, I'll fire that up, and I'll find myself going to open up my browser to look at 
oh, I need to research, you mm-hmm. know, phytoplankton again. And, and, I, and I'm like, all right, I can't. So let's just get back to it. And that helps. I just found a little thing on Instagram that on settings ah, where yeah. it will let you set the time that you'd like to spend on Instagram for the whole day. First of all, it tells you your average daily use, which is frightening. And then it allows you to set how much time you want to be on there. And then it will send you a, they call it a reminder. They don't shut you down, but they tell you um, you've reached your limit. Well, that's cool. That'd be an interesting one to try. And so you've set that up? I did. All right. Well, maybe we'll, next week we'll check in and see how it went. Yesterday I set it for 30 <laughs> minutes and it told me that I'd already been on for 45. <laughs> so that's fine. It was going to start today. Well, cool. And so far I have not hit my 30-minute limit. Just awareness. It made me aware. I think, I think that's it, too, the awareness. You know, sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it, and, but we know we feel uneasy for some reason. It's like, oh. <laughs> We've mentioned it before, The War of Art. I, I think that's a, a book worth reading or listening to that just kind of gets at the whole idea of resistance and the alternative to being resistant. It's like, well, they, they talk about people having near-death experiences, and that's what right. shakes them free. And it's like, do we really need to have near-death experiences <laughs> to overcome this resistance? And uh, the answer is no. But it is something that just like you're figuring out your why. This whole thing about overcoming resistance is, is also a practice, just like your creative practice, where you have to continually circle back and remember why you're doing what you're doing, why you wanted to do it in the first place, and go, oh, right, I remember this is my pattern, this is my habit, so I'm going to take measures to subvert that, whether it be trying something different, time blockers, uh, scheduling time for yourself. So what's your one way that you're going to honor yourself this week? That's what we want you to answer. I would say the, you're gonna, here's, here's what you're going to do is you're going to honor yourself by taking one action yes. to get started, whether it's getting your practice rolling or if your practice is already rolling, one day when you're feeling a lot of resistance, you're going to figure out some way that will help you get rolling. And it's not just creativity, it's life too, right? It's like there are things that we don't want to do, things that we think we want to do, but somehow don't do them. And really just taking that first action kind of breaks the dam and lets it all happen. That's a meandering list of things to help you overcome either getting started with your practice or your daily practice that already exists. And we have to stop doing this podcast because we're avoiding our creative practice right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What's your we... one thing? <laughs> yeah. Remember, what is your one thing that you're going to do to get rolling? Take one action today. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time on The Creative Double Shot. See ya.